Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Well, as we all know now, we had history created at Albion Park on Saturday night. Black Sedans became the first horse to go sub-50 under race conditions on the 1,000-metre oval. He stopped the clock at 149 26 28-2, 27, home in 27-6. So earlier this year, we had I Cast No Shadow go a similar time in a trial, but it's never been done previously where a horse is vetted 150 under race conditions until Black Sedans achieved that on Saturday night. Joining me first up this morning is the club chairman of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club. That's Brad Steele. He's online with us now. Brad, good morning. Good morning, Chris, and great to be with you and your listeners this morning. Piece of history there on Saturday night with Black Sedans becoming the first horse to go better than 150 at the creek. Yeah, Chris, you're right. And look, what, what a privilege it was to actually be there and to say that, you know, I was there the night that Black Sedans ran that sensational time I mean you know if you go back over the years who would have thought that one day we would have seen a horse at Albion Park uh, break 150 uh, I know we were getting close um, but 149.2 was just an inspirational and sensational effort as I said I think it was a privilege for people to be on track uh, to say they were there when Black Sedans ran that race. Mm. It's 40 years at Albion Park next year and this is the first time that a horse has been able to go sub-50 at Albion Park. As you outlined, it's been building. It's been coming for some time. Mm. But to actually go out and do it, uh, that, that's, that takes an effort. <laughs> it, it sure does, Chris. And I think what was even more meritorious uh, of the performance of the horse was he, he actually did it parked in the death seat. I think in the past, Black Sedans is always renowned for you know getting to the front, getting down to the markers and and just running some supersonic times. But I think he took it to a new level there Saturday night, uh, parking and still running it. And when you look at the breakdown of the times, and you can see why, uh, how powerful of a, of a performance it was, it was 54.6 for the first half and exactly the same time for the second half, which is just a beast of a performance. And hence now he's got that cult following as the beast of the creek. In fact, we've got two. We've got the beast of the creek, which is Black Sedans, and the freak of the creek uh, leaped a leap to fame, the boat building up a great um, cult following. Yeah, and as a proud Queenslander, how, how how good is it for you, as the club chairman as well, to have a local horse as the track record holder? It's incredibly important, Chris, from a number of perspectives. Um, I could just imagine that if there were, you know, ratings on Sky Channel when Blacks are Dance races, I would say they would be through the roof. I'm sure that there's people chiming in to watch Black Sedans go around at Albion Park because they know it's going to be an experience. So I reckon it's definitely getting more eyeballs, not just on Black Sedans, but also harness racing in Queensland. And whilst I know he's a gelding, could you just imagine what the potential would be when we get a homebred stallion running those sort of times in Queensland? Well, that, that's my next point. The fact that Peter and Chantel have established Somerset Farm, which is in its first year, and they're standing a rock and roll dance who's the sire of Black Sedan. So it, it's a bold move in many ways for a young couple, but, you know, they've put the, the, the bit between their teeth. They're going to give it a red-hot crack. So what a great way to advertise your stallion. 
Absolutely, Chris. And I, and I think uh, the sire threw lots of winners around Australia last week, and he's climbing that um, that stadium ladder quite quickly. He's, I think he's in the top 10 the last lot of stats that I saw, and I think we've got to take our hat off to both Pete and Chantel. I mean, Pete's driving style, I'd describe it as an ambitious driving style. It's exciting. It must be exciting for you to call uh, call the race, particularly when Blacks are dancers in there as well, Chris. And I think also credit to Chantel. She's only a young trainer, but she's obviously been able to blend, you know, traditional ways of training coupled with some modern ways of training. Um, and I think that combination uh, is incredibly successful. And I like the fact that they're now spreading their wings and venturing out. And I'm sure it's not the first of the stallions that, you know, they might bring to uh, to Queensland. Yeah, absolutely. Just going back to the fact that it's 40 years next year, 2023, since we've been on this current track at Albion Park. Did you think you'd ever see that day where you'd see a horse go better than 150? You you go to, to most and you've probably been to so many meetings at Albion Park. Did you ever think you'd see the day where a horse would go better than 150? Certainly not on a 1,000-metre track, uh, Chris. And I, I remember back in the day when uh, we had mares that were retiring. And you might recall I used to bring out the big American sulky and uh, and put it on, on the mare and they do a time trial uh, in between races to get a fast time next to them. And I think back in those days, if they went 155, 156, um, you know, that was, you know, um, you know, unbelievable time. So I certainly didn't think that we would get below 150 and I think the the scary and the exciting prospect Chris is I think this horse could get under 149 I think with the right conditions and you know Pete looked after him Saturday night he was eased down believe it or not on the line uh, this horse could potentially go under 149. Well the summer carnival's just around the corner as we know it gets very warm here in Brisbane so those conditions might be tailor-made for him to really go a, a really monster mile. I think so Chris and I think from memory he's only had you know, probably 75 starts. So could you just imagine if this horse, you know, continues to strengthen up, um, who knows what he might be able to run. As as you said, if we get the right race conditions, you know, some warmer weather, um, he, he could run an unbelievable time. So I don't think uh, running one uh, beyond 149 is out of the grasp of this particular horse. When we had the old grandstand at Albion Park, you used to go into the acceptance office or the office upstairs and we had that two-minute, uh, mm. wall of fame for horses that vetted two minutes. We'd quickly run out of space nowadays, wouldn't we? We sure would, Chris. And I think back in the days, they started at two minutes and then they went really bold and they said, well, let's put up photos of horses that get down to 155. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely right. I think, you know, I'm probably pleased that we haven't got a, a hall of fame up just yet, Chris, because I think we've got to find that baseline and then, uh, you know, maybe rebuild it from there. But uh, it certainly added a new benchmark you know, for horses in Queensland to think that, you know, we've now got our own homebred horse run 149 and then at the same card, his full brother, Big Wheels, actually went 152. So, you know, Mm. could he follow in the footsteps? Well, yeah, there's a very uh, strong possibility that he could because both look like they're getting bigger and better as time goes on. So congratulations to all involved there with that track record of Black Sedans, 49-2 on Saturday night. There's a few other issues that I wanted to raise with you this morning, Brad. Obviously, the new home. We had the Greyhounds. They they were ticked off last week on their new home uh, out there at Yamanto. So is there any update for the harness racing home? Yeah, I think think, uh, there's definitely been some progress made, Chris. I think that importantly, 
with what Racing Queensland and the state government uh, and other clubs are doing is that, you know, we, we're looking at a holistic approach to what are the harness racing infrastructure needs uh, right throughout the code in, in Queensland. So it's not just a, a new home for, for Albion Park. But yes, there's been work underway now for some 18 months to try and find an alternative site for the Metropolitan uh, track and and my my view is is that an announcement which appropriately needs to come from the government is is imminent. Um, I, I would have thought you know in the next um, 30 to 45 days um, some really exciting information should be released to our industry. Um, and albeit that there's been a lot of work being done uh, behind the scenes, uh, there's still a lot that would be done. So when they come out with the infrastructure master plan, I know there'll be significantly more consultation to be undertaking right throughout our our industry so everybody gets to have a say on what's being proposed but I would have thought that that announcement from the government is imminent um, and whilst it's fair to say personally and I'm disappointed to be to be leaving an iconic uh, facility like the creek uh, at Albion Park but I think that's tempered with the exciting opportunity that this new facility is going to present to harness racing participants um, as I said it's not just Albion Park it's the other other tracks as well and and I think the one thing that excites me Chris is this will enable more people to enter our sport as a participant because it will have uh, on-course training facilities for a significant number of horses which has been absent in our code for, for forever basically. Yeah and it's just so vital uh, moving forward getting those people involved so that's a, a step in the right direction so we'll just sit and wait and hopefully that uh, that news will come through sooner rather than later. We've got yes. the Pink Ribbon Race Night coming up on Saturday night. This is a tri-code uh, initiative, and all three codes are involved. And Albion Park will take centre stage on Saturday night, and we're raising funds for a very good cause. Absolutely, yeah. Look, we're, we're, we've uh, taken the leap from uh, the Gold Coast Turf Club, who typically run their Pink Ribbon event, and as you said, it's now across the three codes. Um, and we're joining together to raise you know, much-needed money for game-changing breast cancer research. And this Saturday night at the Creek, in collaboration with Racing Queensland, the number eight is the number we want to see win as many races as possible. Each time number eight wins a race, uh, $500 from the Creek, $500 from Racing Queensland will be donated towards um, National Breast Cancer. Uh, together with that, Chris, we've obviously got you know quite a significant fundraising event uh, on track uh, that night as well, and there's going to be lots of um, you know raffles and also a unique auction that we're putting out there that we want to provide people with a unique experience of the dual seater uh, experience to go around the track in in like a little race condition. So mm. we'll be auctioning off a number of those, and it's almost like a money card buy type event for people to raise some uh, some much needed money. Well, I'm glad you raised that because I wanted to just expand on that a little further. The fact is, you've got to be trackside and you can be in the running if your name is drawn out and you'll be competing on that night, on Saturday night, in a dual-seater sulky race. So you've got to be there, you've got to be trackside, but you've got the opportunity to be out there on the track at the creek competing. Exactly right, Chris. And as I said, you know, what a unique opportunity. It's a ride that you can't go on at a, at a, at a typical show or anywhere else. You just have to be on track this Saturday night and participate and uh, you're a chance of you know being one of four lucky participants that can uh, take a trip around our track really experience the exhilarating ride of a driver but also get uh, a great photograph as you as you cross the finishing post uh, as well as a commemoration of your of your great experience uh, and I think it will be hotly contested um, I know a number of uh, people that are um, uh, keen to see 
you know, their wives and their partners um, pop out and have a drive around the track. Yeah, it's going to be a, a good night. Ten races on Saturday night. We start at 5.50. We keep hearing more and more, Brad, about the Sunshine Stars yearling sale. Nominations were called for that have now closed off. So we've got this big yearling sale for the first time taking place in Queensland next year under the Nutrient banner. Uh, just on the nominations, final nominations, were you really pleased with the numbers? Chris, to be honest, we uh, we set a stretch mark of trying to get at least 100 nominations for our sale. We thought that was a stretch in year one, um, and we actually finished around about 151 nominations. So it, it really blew us away, the final numbers. In fact, it's probably created a bit of a great problem for us to solve for in terms of you know, how we're going to be able to sell uh, that many um, yearlings. But, yeah, 151 nominations, and I think that would be probably the strongest set of nominations that I could recall in maybe 20 or 30 years for a Queensland-based yearling sale. Okay, so there's a lot to look forward to uh, there. That's taking place next year, and that's going to be held down at the Gold Coast at the Magic Millions Complex? Magic Millions Complex, Chris, 12th to the 13th of March, and the... I guess we've probably built this around um, the Magic Millions concept. Um, so it's really going to be an event with a yearling sale attached to it. There'll be lots of social activities, uh, you know, from a race day to a cruise, um, uh, a round of golf. So we really want to try and give our people a little bit of time time out as well um, and enjoy themselves. And then there'll be that serious part of the sale. And Interestingly enough, of the 151 nominations we got, Chris, um, the trotters were really well represented. So with 25, 25 trotters and a really good even split, there were 66 fillies and 85 colts and geldings. So it's actually a really good split of the nominations that we received as well, but really pleased with the 25 trotters as well. Okay. Uh, another thing that the clubs are certainly going to uh, you know, uh, kick off, uh, a fundraiser for one of our own, in Brett Cargill. He's had uh, some difficult times with his health recently, and I know that you've been leading the charge that you want to put on a special fundraising night at the creek to uh, raise some funds for Brett during this hard time. Absolutely, Chris. And, yeah, Brett's only, uh, I think, 52-year-old, and uh, he's well-known and a very popular member of our industry, and he's certainly been struck down with, with quite a significant medical condition. Um, and unlike... Um, uh, the, the thoroughbred side, we actually don't have a National Jockeys Foundation that can provide needed support. So the Creek are now putting their shoulder to the wheel and I'm sure the rest of the industry will come on that journey with us so that uh, while Brett and his family are really focused on his recovery um, and his well-being, that we want to try and take a little bit of the pressure off them from a financial perspective and better support Brett and uh, his wife, Julie, so that they can focus on his recovery and not the financial uh, challenges that, you know, anyone endures when they get struck down with a significant illness. So we'll be reaching out to all our industry for support and we're building out, as you said, a significant fundraising event uh, in the near future. And we'll certainly, as we get all the information, we'll put it out there so that we can all get together and provide that much needed support to Brett and Julie. Okay, so no date's being set at this stage? Not at this stage, Chris. We're just waiting on some some people to come back to us uh, to lock them in. And, um, yeah, um, but it would be in the next uh, 30 to 45 days. Okay, excellent. Good news there. And just one quick one, just before you go this morning, you, you put something out on, on social media across the weekend. I just wanted to expand on this a little further. The possibility of a Trotters World Cup, is that pie-in-the-sky stuff, or are you, are you fair dinkum about this concept? No, I, I am absolutely fair dinkum, Chris, but obviously, you know, we need... 
many more people to come on that journey, but I wanted to start a conversation because, as I said in my, my tweet, you know, most sports do have a World Cup, and granted we do have a Drivers' World Cup, but I, I think we definitely need um, some race conditions where we create a World Cup to provide more interest and attention for our sport. And I think to get a truly World Cup, it, it has to be the trotters. And I think to get the attention everywhere, I think you know we need to start with a conversation around a $5 million purse uh, I think it requires a lot of people to get together and work out, and it can be done, a global funding model, so it, the money does not get taken out of uh, current industry people. It's funded in a, in a different manner, and then certainly alternated between the northern and southern hemisphere. I just think it's a great opportunity, um, and we really do need a truly, uh, I guess, a, a, you know, a World Cup for harness racing. So I think it is possible, um, and I wanted to start the conversation and hopefully those people with much more influence uh, can pick it up and uh, um, start to work on how we could actually bring this to life. Because I think, could you imagine, uh, you know, the great coverage that we would get having that international race from trotters, you know, essentially from all over the world uh, coming to either Australia or wherever who might be able to host it and run for some significant money. And I think, I think it can be done, um, but obviously a lot of people need to come on that journey, Chris. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. I'll keep following up on that one uh, over time. Brad, as always, really appreciate the time. Uh, We'll see you trackside later today. Yeah, great, Chris. Thanks very much for your support. The chairman of Albion Park joining us. So uh, plenty happening at the creek. Well, we saw the track record fall on Saturday night. Black Sedans, 49-2. There was another little special moment that uh, eventuated at the track on Saturday night as well. Ashley DeLosa, she trained her first Saturday night winner when her bonnie little mare parked in heaven proved too strong, taking out race five, the changeover at Burwood Stud Mare's pace. Ashley's been kind enough to join us online now, and she's with us. Ashley, good morning. Congratulations. Good morning, Chris. Thank you. How big a thrill was that on Saturday night? Yeah, it was um, pretty amazing, really. Expectations going in, they would have been high because her form's been so good, so consistent, so... Did that carry a little extra pressure, knowing that she was, you know, going to be one of the, the key uh, key runners in that race? Um, yeah, definitely. It was a little bit of pressure. Um, I thought she could still get the job done, though, and she proved to be too strong. Yeah. 54-3. She's a four-year-old mare that's very well-bred. She's by Rock and Roll Heaven out of Straub's Interact. So... I'm sure from memory, she's closely related to Parklife, who won an APG final a couple of years ago for Wayne and Shane Graham. How did Parked in Heaven find her way into your stable? Um, Actually, funny story. Like, we were just pre-training her for Luke McCarthy. And um, when she was ready to race, we gave her back to Luke. And then he kind of just forgot about her. And he, um, he rang us up and asked if we wanted to take her back and race her and we loved her from the start, so we said yes, and that's how we got her. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> nice and easy that way. Uh, she's not very yeah. big, is she? But she's all heart. No, she's very small, but she's got a big heart, and she's actually a round little thing, so she's uh, pretty solid. Has she been easy to deal with all the way through her career? Yeah, at the start, she was... She still is a bit green, but um, she was very cheeky at the start and naughty, but she's actually um, turned into a really nice horse, and I think she'll keep improving. 
Okay. Well, it looks like she's got a fair bit of upside. She's still sort of, you know, finding her way out there. And she's only a four-year-old. She's lightly raised. So what does the future hold? Is she eligible for the Breeders' Challenge? Uh, yep, she'll head back to Sydney. We're undecided whether I'd give her a start here again or just take her to Sydney and give her a run there before the um, heat's there. Okay. What's the so, gut feel? Pardon? What's the gut feel? Do you want to give her another oh. run or are you happy to just to put her away? Um, I'm happy to put her away even if I just take her to an angle and give her a little trial um, just to get her used to the track again and the high speed. Um, yeah, I don't think she needs to have another run. What's going to be the opposition that you'll face uh, with that Breeders' Challenge Series in Sydney? Um, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure. Like I thought Antonio would be, but I haven't seen her in a while. So um, I'm not sure what's going. Okay. And she's raced at Menangle previously, so she'll handle the big track, no issues? Yeah. She's been there a couple of times and she's had no trouble. Okay. Tell me more about you, Ashley. Uh, what's the story of Ashley Deloza? How did you find your way into harness racing? Um, I just, I found Gran and Trista, um, just an ad that Trista had up and I knew nothing about it, but I've always loved horses. So I just messaged Trista and then I was working there for about three years and then I never left. Okay, there you go. And you're doing both, the training and the driving. Which aspect do you like more? Um, oh, I love both. Um, I'm really starting to love the driving side, but I still love working them at home and looking after them and all of that. Well, you've had good success uh, in the last couple of months since you've been based up here during the carnival period. You had a winner there last Thursday, Redcliffe, with There's a Chance. So... They seem to run for you. You look like you're a lightweight and the, the horses seem to appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Um, a few trainers have given me some good opportunities and I'm really thankful. And um, yeah, I'm having a good run so far. How long will it be before we see you on the on the Saturday night circuit? Um, I'm not too sure. I think if I got my licence here, it might be a bit sooner rather than later, but... I know in Sydney, it's a bit harder to get it. How big a thrill will it be when you're competing on the Saturday night circuit, whether it is here at Albion Park or down in Sydney at Menangle? Yeah, I can't wait to get out there with all the best drivers on Saturday and hopefully drive a few winners. All right. Well, job well done with Parked in Heaven there on Saturday night. Hopefully there's plenty more wins uh, still to come and hopefully everything goes to plan with that Breeders' Challenge mission when she goes back to Sydney uh, Continued success, and we'll be in touch. Thanks, Chris. Ashley Deloza joining us. So parked in heaven, a strong winner there on Saturday night. 54-3 was the winning time. She's only a four-year-old mare, but she is building a really good little record. 15 starts, four wins, six minors. And uh, hopefully, uh, with a little bit of luck, a couple of nice barrier draws during that Breeders' Challenge series, she can make her way into that rich Group 1 final. Racetrack Ralphie joins us each and every Tuesday, and he's online now. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Can you believe that they went sub-50 there on Saturday night, Black Sedans, 49-2? Ah, that was sensational. I was right down on the fence, and, and the joy just to see Peter McMullen when he came back. He was thumbs up to everyone. Guys running out on the track trying to get photos with him. 
it was just great scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think he can go faster? I think he can. I I really do. I, I think he's he's probably going to go 148 and a half. It's, it's incredible when you start thinking about those sort of numbers. But uh, I just spoke with Brad Steele and he, he believes that he can go faster as well. And with the summer carnival coming up, we're going to have that uh, warm temperature and it's going to be, you know, quite uh, conducive to running fast time. So if anyone's going to do it, it's, it's going to be Black Sedance. Uh, he's the beast. He's the man. Yep, absolutely. Find us a winner for today. We've got nine races. We started 152. Where do we find your best bet? Look, I think we head straight to race five and we're looking at number nine, Barella. Now, there's, there's plenty of anticipation about this first starter today. He is part of the uh, Tim and Riley Buck stable and uh, they had their maiden uh, Metro winner on Saturday night with Paramar. So uh, the confidence is going to be high in that camp. The other thing about this fellow is he's a, he's a stunning looking up major cult. And he's a half-brother to the uh, Saturday Group 1 winner in Rock and Roll Do. Now, his trial form has been excellent, and that included a victory over Sky Blue on this track, and that was uh, recently. And I just think you're going to be very hard to beat here today. We're going to go to race five, number nine, Barella, and I think we should stand him out in the first leg of the quadrilla. Okay, I like the confidence there. Race five, number nine. It's a beautiful pedigree, isn't it? A half-brother to rock and roll do, and he was awesome winning that group one race on the weekend. Certainly was. And, uh, yeah, and this, and this guy's a stunner also. Um, I've caught him in a couple of his trials, and as I said, they were sensational. Yeah, typical of the art major progeny. They've got uh, they've got looks about them, there's no question. So race five, number nine, Barilla. That's racetrack Ralphie's best bet. We've got a big night coming up this Saturday night. Uh, it's the Pink Ribbon Race Night. Is there any truth in the rumour that you're going to be sporting uh, the pink colours uh, in a bid to sort of, you know, generate some funds there on the weekend? Um, yeah, the rumour's strong, and I think I'll go along with it. You'll see me in some sort of pink attire. <laughs> well, we look forward to that. Uh, there's Racetrack, Ralphie. We'll see you uh, at the track later today. Okay, thanks, Chris.